missionaries to Sudan. He's going to share for a few minutes about what God is doing in them and through them. Greg, would you come on, please? Sir? Good morning. Greetings in that wonderful name of Jesus Christ, uh, the name that's above all names. Amen. We are so happy and thankful to be here. Um, we just want to start off and say thank you for your support. We cannot do it without you guys. Um, we really appreciate you guys a lot and we love you guys. Uh, Greg is going to come and share a bit of what we've been doing. But before that, I don't know why the Holy Spirit has put something on my heart. Um, uh, Jeremiah 29 verse 12 says, Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen. God is listening. Amen. Keep on praying and believing. Amen. Which is so thankful to be here. Um, and Greg is going to come and give a short update and then I will also get to speak a little bit. Amen. I guess you guys know us already. I'm from South Africa and he, and I like to say he's from Nashville, Tennessee. So thank you for having us. God bless. Oh, thank you all. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you again. Thank you all for having us. Um, glad to be here. Um, as always, I'm a bit nervous. It's like it never goes away. Yeah, this is our first uh, church in the conference since we've been back. We had one or two other services, and I went out to home office this week. And uh, I ran into one of y'all church families, uh, Miss Whitney, and she gave me specific instructions. She said, go, you greet the church for me. And she said, I've got an uncle there that has a long whispers. You go and feel on him for me. Yes. <laughs> I think she was trying to get me in trouble. Well, I'm not going to do that. But, y'all, you know, she did. She passed her greetings there. And we greet you from Kenya. Also, from my mission work inside of um, Capueta. We thank you, Pastor, for allowing us to come again. And thank you, church. We're not going to take long. Uh, most of you know our ministry. Um, on compounds, we actually are have the churches and the schools and all those things. So that's what we're just going to give you a brief update about those and just present our needs to you, prayer needs. These are prayer needs. I don't like to get up and ask somebody to support anything, but I just want to share our needs because these things are coming through uh, the church prayer, through prayers. I've seen that happen on this time out. We've been gone for two years and a half since we was last here. doesn't seem like it. With social media, it's like I just left them here. But when I went back and looked, it's been two and a half years. But you stay connected now, and it doesn't seem long. A year goes by like it's six months or less. So um, we're just going to give you an update on our, on, our, on our missions, what is going on. Can we click the first one over? Oh, it's not on. Oh, it's on. Okay. I don't think I have it on here. I'm not going to do like I did last time. I was sitting there. I remember last time I was here, I, I forgot we was live, and I was going on and on and saying, oh, this is the greatest church ever. And what? <laughs> I think you remember that. Anyway, it is. It is. <laughs> and not not thinking other people's, other supporters were seeing it. So, but anyway, <laughs> uh, we left here. We had a couple of churches, guys. We're just going to give you a quick update. Like I say, uh, Latoya have introduced the family. We missionaries. So I've been uh, in South Sudan 
since a year of like of 2008. Went there, started as a uh, as a, uh, a pioneer work, and I've been there ever since. I went there as an overseer, building buildings. Since then, the role have changed a bit. I started passing the church in 2017 and start uh, start planting churches. I think last time I was here, we was up. We only had had two churches. So since I've seen y'all the last time, that's five churches now, additional five churches, village churches. Uh, they are really good, solid churches. Uh, these are not uh, churches that's one or two uh, members. Uh, these are really thriving churches. Um, so I thank God for those. They have gone well. We do need prayer for the one in Juba. We even have funds. We have uh, means to start that church. But I just need to... I just need prayer, really, in Scranton to actually go there. It's quite far away, and I do need some some prayer for that as well. But we have a total of seven village churches. What the Lord have done, I think, the uh, first time I came here, we only had one major church, and uh, we it was old. We built a new church, the conference here did. Brother Larry Mellows bought a team, actually over, have finished that church. But from that church, we have uh, we have grew out of that church. But the Lord have put it on my heart to actually um, to build it small and then let it be a sending church, uh, similar uh, to a, a lot of churches nowadays. And so that is what has taken place. That door finally opened like two years ago. And so it have just really done good and taken off well. Uh, this is the last church we just finished. This is a testimony. This church, last time I was here, we needed... Th- 30,000 to finish this church and I didn't see no way around how we would get that money really five or ten thousand is easy to raise but 30,000 is going to take a lot of manpower this church was in really bad shape we started in 2009 and it uh, went for a couple of years the war broke out in 2013 the civil war and we wasn't able to go back and finish this church uh, but it just so happened some funds came in. We was able to go back, and it's just uh, it's just a rough paint on it. But we almost have finished that church, and it'll be up and going. Also, this is in Torrey, but this was the last project I actually done. It's uh, not a funny story, but a testimony to God' goodness. Uh, this church was in a place that's really a, the road is really bad. Uh, first of all, uh, but there's always a lot of things happening on that road. People getting killed. Uh, weekly on that road and that's another reason i haven't been there in five or six years so i took a chance not take a chance things was quiet and i went there last month to uh, pick up the workers and bring some equipment back and all these kind of things and sure enough um yeah, i got robbed coming back but uh i think goodness i thank the lord i'm here today i was uh two people that same week got killed on the same road uh, just the goodness of God. They didn't shoot us. They didn't shoot up the vehicle. They just took everything we had and put us back in our car and said, you guys, go ahead and go back. So <laughs> the Lord, I'm not saying the Lord is funny, but I waited all them years to avoid getting robbed, and I still got robbed. So <laughs> but anyway, I thank you all for that. Deep water wells is still going on. This is a village I'm in now. This is a new church plant. This church is about 150, uh, 60 members at this church. I'm praying for well for this church. Uh, this is one of the village churches. They really need a well. Um, I was at a church Sunday, and I shared the same thing. And we have some fun that's coming in 
for this whale, uh, but the whales there are not cheap, the same as here. They're around $17,000 to dig a whale, and that's a lot. These people don't have water. And I was, uh, went to, they saw us, and they walk into the, to the river when it's running, and when it's not, just like always, they have to dig down, uh, dig down and follow that water as it goes down and let it sift through the sand and clean it like that. There's another church also that's in need of a whale also. I went to visit those people, and literally those people are squeezing mud and getting water out of bit like that. And this mud is like a three or four hour walk. Uh, it's, it's absolutely crazy. Uh, we don't think these things is happening in this day and time, but they actually are. So keep us in prayer um, about we really need to dig some some wells this this coming term. We have not dug wells in like five or six years. But the Lord had put it up on my heart to uh, to share that. If anybody have been arrested and happened with those wells, the schools are still going good. Uh, after the COVID uh, was over, uh, pretty much, in South Sudan, the schools did open back up. Uh, our members, uh, our enrollment for the students jumped up. We have, we have uh, like 360 almost in this last term. It grew like 100 uh, students. Uh, the buildings and the pictures not very clear in the back, but we we actually had to build another classroom and another office uh, for that. But the school is going very well. Uh, we thank you for the prayers. We thank you for those that have donated that give to uh, those new classrooms as well. Um, the mission house is very good. We finally went to Sola uh, before the, we just the town would run off from um, a generator. Uh, and we would have power three hours in the morning, four or five hours at night, just depending on what was going on. But we have, uh, we finally got solar. So I can lay on a cool fan all night, blowing cool air. <laughs> and I can run my fridge all night. Uh, no, it, it's important. That fan will go off at 10 o'clock. You know, you get hot, the mosquitoes start, um, swarming and you, you, you know, you can't sleep. The house is hot. But so <laughs> I think the Lord was able to, to upgrade the mission house, uh, this time. Uh, hopefully in the next year or two, we, we do need to add another small tuchel, which is a, which is a, a one room guest house. So when, when teams come over, everyone can come and sleep at the compound. Uh, uh teams, speaking of teams, uh, we hosted some teams of youth, um, this last time I hosted some three or four teams that was going in transit to some, some other, other places. Supposed to have just been a one-time thing, uh, but they, <laughs> they come from all over. Some come from Alabama, some come from all over the U.S., uh, but they come together there in Juba in South Africa. Then they, they are all dispersed out to different places. And, uh, the one team I think went back and told them that I could cook well. So, so since then, uh, yeah, we, we've got some, some three more teams that came in. Frank and Mindy Moore, I don't think you know those, those guys came over. Speaking of teams, uh, we go to discipleship, um, class and training. We still need, uh, discipleship training. We still need people to come. Uh, have been telling, uh, the people on my end, they've come for medical and building. Uh, I'm not saying we are past that, but really need people to come and teach now. Uh, that that's the stage that we are. The pioneer work is done. That's what I was called to do. I'm really not a great teacher. I'm not even a great one to even preach. I like the pastor, but I can't preach. <laughs> uh, but we really need that. So if anybody um, have uh, any interest in coming, uh, I'll take care of you. I'll feed you well. Um, there's good housing there. 
you you would not go there and suffer. Uh, if you want to come for a week, two weeks, or two months even, you buy your ticket, I'll set you up. You come. And that's what we need. I'm not asking you to come and paint. I'm not asking you to work. Just come and teach us and train. That's where we're at now with teams. Um, church planting is still going on. Like I said, we planted five, and I'm slowing up on that one even. I probably could do another five on the next time out. But um, we really need training. The seven, eight churches we have now, the pastors are not trained. They are not. So there's no need me keep putting churches out and we don't have leadership for them. And these pastors are not trained. The people are doing their best. They're trying. They're teaching. But we really need help in that area. Another help, the short guy in the middle there, uh, on the, um, I guess it would be on your left, uh, that's Pastor Jeremiah. He's been with me for a long time. He has a big church. Matter of fact, we built him a church the last time I was here from the conference. We raised money. I'm trying to help him get a, a motorcycle. A second-hand motorcycle is around six or $700. And I promised him while I was here I would make that, that need, not at this church but all churches, until that need is, is done. He's walking to church every day. Now on Sundays with his church. He has church on Friday and Saturday. But he he's helping me oversee these village churches now. But he's moving by foot. And some of these churches are four or five miles apart. And it's six miles. And so to go there and, you know, and teach and preach and come back to the same day is difficult. So um, keep him in prayer for uh, a motorcycle. Uh, our Christmas Day celebration was big as usual. Um, we thank a church again out of, out of Christenberg. That always support our bull. We had a, a 600 or more this time that had a great fellowship. Uh, it was a big, big, big day, uh, this time. It was a, it went very well. And so we thank the Lord about that. This is, Christmas Day is precious to me because you won't even see a single Christmas tree in, in that area. You won't see any Christmas lights. It's solely, strictly on the birth of Christ. And that's what they celebrate. And it's, and it's just awesome. And, um, and it don't cost me anything. My family, if we stay in Kenya, we don't give gifts. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> we don't have to buy Christmas gifts, and we don't. Have to, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but it's true though; they don't need change gifts and all that. The, the biggest thing they ask for is um, is a new suit of clothes for for Christmas Day, and so. Well, thank you for that. The health center is still going good. Uh, these was teams that's coming. Uh, this is nothing really have changed there. We're still doing village outreach. The COVID at the time I left, we, we are just now getting them the vaccine. We're late and it's over with already. So, but, but we thank God it, it, it never struck there, but the clinic is still going. It's still free. Actually, the school is still, is still free also. Everything. We don't charge anything for school fees and the clinic missions in Kenya. Uh, most of you know I stay in South Sudan a lot, and then the family stay in Kenya. That ministry have taken off. Comfort's ministry is booming now. These are our church leaders that's running that ministry. Uh, we we planted two other sites um, within the last month. One is in Consuma, and one is in um, Malawi, a whole different country, all the way down to the bottom of uh, the continent. And so... This is this ministry is going good too. So keep us in prayer about this. And this is a, a youth ministry that's really really good. We deal with the ages of between around sixteen to around twenty five or twenty six. Uh, the good thing about this ministry, we don't. Um, they all have their own home church. We just come together as a group every month, 
And whatever your weakness may be, let's say if you the if you the youth leader of youth passive your church, and you have um, uh, you're not strong in some areas, that's what we do. We come together. We we see how 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 we can help you. If you love music, which we have a lot of them that love music and play very well, um, we have uh, some that uh, you know can can teach. Uh, how to play keyboard and drums and all these things. But this ministry have grown really, really a lot. It's a big ministry now. This is our two locations I've already told. This was on Christmas, uh, our Christmas celebration, our party. It's a lot of them. It's around 60 youth leaders. Like I said, they active already. So they can't accuse me of stealing church members. We come, we have our meeting every month, and I send them back to their home church. And so it's working out very well. And, um, and, uh, the, another purpose is outreach. And that's how we, we get in touch with, uh, we have two, we have a, um, a teen side of it. And that's what these are doing here. We go into the communities and have youth days there. We just don't go and pass our tracks. We go there and work. They clean up these sites. That's what they're doing now. These communities are real dirty and full of, uh, you know, like litter and trash. That's what we do. That's how we build those um, relationships and those youths. They come out to help, and we don't pay anybody. You give them a small lunch, and that's it. And so we make our uh, connections like that. This is Bloom Ministry. This is Latoya's ministry in Kenya. You want to share? This is Bloom Ministries. I've been doing it for some time now, quite some time. And whenever I have a need, um, the locals, there's three locals, um, one lady in particular, uh, I needed like a wheelchair, one of our kids passed on, and she would just call me randomly and say, I feel like I want to donate something to you. So I've never actually presented it like on Facebook or spoke at any churches about it because God always provides but now we've reached the stage where um, I was doing it at the church, at the local church, but they had some issues with my kids. So now we are um, in need of um, a place of our own. So our biggest need is if you guys can pray for us to get our own place where we can be with the kids, and that will really be a blessing to us. But God has really been good to this ministry. Um, I work with kids with disabilities and with their families as well. So I'll have the kids, and I'll try to like bring some certain people in to speak to the parents, just to encourage them. And then just have like fun things for the kids to do. But God is shifting us to another level now. So we need our own place. And there's some projects that I want to do over um, over there with the kids uh, and the families as well. So please pray for us to get a place. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I think this just about wound us up. These are our goals. And in 2022, again, the church planning, Juba, most of these I've talked about. These funding for Wells at the Collipus Church, uh, like the motorcycles, Wells and the new church plants, and pray for us as well as the church continues to grow. And we need training, uh, as I say, for leadership um, in that area, and then prayer for uh, for teachers and training teams uh, to actually come forward. Uh, we just actually for for those prayers and pray for us as well. Uh, I had a tough time this last couple of months. You say we got robbed at gunpoint, and then I got malaria two times in the same month, and that's not good. At the first of the month, at the end of the month, those drugs are real, real strong, and yet, like your liver, your organs, it damage you every time you get it. Uh, this malaria itself will it break your body down, and so uh, having it two times in one month is not good. Uh, but to keep us in prayer for that, and as a 
say the ministry grows, uh, pray that God give us wisdom how to how to move forward on this next turn back out. And we thank you. We thank you all for having us back, and thank you for your support. All right. Thank you. You think you've been having a rough day, right? You know, but uh, it's it's amazing what God is doing. And, and until you've been to the to the continent of Africa, you still as, as great as uh, the Clerkins have presented it to us. You still don't understand the poverty. Uh, after spending a couple trips over there through the years, I've often said. Yes, there are poor people in this country according to our standards, but I've never seen anyone as poor as some of the people of Africa. And uh, thank you all. Thank you all. Thank you for leaving Nashville to go to, yeah, Nashville to go to, uh, you have to learn the lingo, brother. I don't understand. When I first came to pastor here, I used to say, I used to say Pocahontas over in Pocahontas. And somebody said, no, 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 it's Pocahontas. Over there, and then, uh, you know, I used to say, uh, what was the other one, Sarah? Yeah, I used to say McDowell County, and they said, no, it's, it's McDowell County, or just the county. Well, listen, I want to share with you just for a few moments, and, uh, this message in its original form is one hour and 45 minutes long, but I have condensed it. Down to an hour. Uh, no, not really. But I, I want you to open your Bibles to Matthew 5. I do, I do want to share this and I had no idea what, uh, they would be presenting this morning and, uh, I wanted, by all means, I wanted to give, uh, the McClurkins ample time and, uh, uh, I, I kindly offered them more than they originally requested for this service. But as you turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter five, I want you to uh, I want you to think about uh, what Brother and Sister McClurkin have just shared with you about the work of the kingdom and and what's going on before us. Matthew chapter five, verses fourteen and sixteen. The Scripture says, "You're the light of the world." A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds, your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. In these passages, uh, the word light appears in two forms as far as language or linguistic are concerned. The first form that is used is light is used as an adjective. An adjective is, uh, you may remember from grade school, it, it was the descriptive term. And it's the, the, the descriptive term of being a source of light or uh, being illumin, illuminated. Secondly, the word light is used in these passages of Scripture as a verb. Again, going back to those 
fourth or fifth grade English classes. It's a verb is the action of passing the light on or illuminating the surroundings, even with your existence. Now, Jesus uses the metaphor uh, of a lamp. He says that he says that that lamp, that lamp is comparable to you and I. The lamp is described as the light of the church. But it's also known to produce light. And I would like to leave you or give you the thought this morning of being earthen lamps. In the adjective form, the descriptive form, when Jesus said, you are the light... The lamp that Jesus is referring to was not as we have today. He wasn't, we're used to light bulbs and electrical wires and, and a few years ago it was the thing that came out on TV. If you buy, order it now, you can get it for, you can order it now, you can get it for $19.95, but if you order it in the next five seconds where there's 15 of them left and you can get two clap on, clap offs, for the low price of 19.95 plus shipping. Now, if you're like us, not because we necessarily chose to go out and buy it, but when your kids give you gifts, you take whatever they give you. Now, in our house, we'll say, "Alexa, turn on the TV." Alexa, turn on the lights. Alexa, turn off the lights. I can talk to Alexa from my phone or my iPad and turn all that stuff on from right here. I'm not talking about those type of lights. History tells us that the lamp in Jesus' day was a was a, a clay vessel. We call it pottery. It's formed by hand. One end of the lamp, and uh, if you look at the one on the image above me, above my head there, you can see that there's one end of the lamp is a reservoir, and that reservoir is filled with oil, and on the other end of that lamp would be a wick. And together... They created a light, of course, when they were lit. Within itself, the clay vessel does not possess the ability to illuminate. You know what? You and I are the clay vessels. And within our own selves, we do not have the ability to illuminate. We must consider it's nothing more than a dry, empty pot. And that's what you and I are until the oil is added. But when you pour the oil in, when you pour the oil in, the cavity, the emptiness no longer exists. You, you, so, so the cavity, the empty cavity of our lives is filled with the oil of the Spirit. The cavity is no longer empty. It's filled with the oil and the oil is the catalyst that is needed to fuel the illumination. Does that make sense? But the awe must, we must reach the awe and tap into the awe. And there's a third part of this lamp that Jesus is using for a metaphor. And it's a, we, we, we would call it the wick. But it's, it was more than likely it was a fibrous strand of rope, probably made out of flax. 
flax, which was a very is a very beautiful flowering plant, so I read, that would serve as the wick. And and that flax you would take a long piece and it would be inserted through the small end of the lamp, through the nozzle, if you would, and it would be coiled down into that lamp and it would wrap itself around into that oil and the wick would soak up the oil. Pretty simple principle. Many of you think of oil lamps around today, although they were a little bit different, still a similar principle. And they would soak up that oil and then the flax would be lit. Now the fl- flax was used because you, flax actually burned well. There was other materials that could be used for wicks. But some of those other materials would just smolder and smoke. But the flax that's being fueled by the oil would burn brightly. And would illuminate which was basically their only source of light. You see, without the oil in our vessels and without the flax in our lives, we are not going to do anything but at best but to smolder and burn a little bit. A little bit. Jesus used the smoking flax as an illustration to his struggling fathers, followers. When you study out scripture, he, he compared, he compared half-hearted, half-hearted, uh, backslidden Christians to smoking flax or smoking, the smoking wick. God wants us to illuminate the kingdom for him. We're called to be light in the adjective form. We're called to be full of the Holy Spirit and we are, and our wicks are to be saturated with that Spirit so we can illuminate or we can light the verb, the world. Lamps distribute light. We know that. Many of you all have, probably like us, we have a lamp in our living room that burns. We have a lamp in our bedroom that we burn at night. Earthen lamps were not a matter of decor like ours. Some of you go to, some of you all paid big money for lamps just cause they were pretty. It didn't matter how much light they gave out. But lamps were not a thing of decor. They, they were for a purpose. Their purpose was to illuminate their surroundings. A lamp will go virtually unnoticed where it's daylight. Did you realize that? You know, you can turn your lamp, you know, if you got your blinds open and the, and the curtains thrown back and, and you can turn a lamp on in your house and even though you might like it like that and, and that's okay if you want to pay the electric bill, but, but did you realize that you really, you can turn a lamp on, you could turn a lamp on in this room right now and basically its effect would be near zero. But it's when the lamp is in darkness that the lamp is at its best. In other words, the lamp is needed most when the hour is the darkest. I, I, I hear a whole lot being said about the darkness of the age that we're living in. And surely we are living in a very dark age. We're seeing a lot of things unfold before our eyes. But there's been dark ages before. 
It's not time for us to sit back and fold our arms and say, well, Jesus is getting ready to come. We're just going to wait on him to get here. No, 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 no. When, 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 when the, when the, when the atmosphere is the darkness is when the light needs to burn the brightest. John, John, in John 1 and 5, the scripture reads, the light shines in darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. If you're reading King James Version, I think it uses the word comprehended it. That means simply means overcome. Uh, darkness can over now, not overcome light. They cannot coexist in the same place. It's impossible. So I got a question for you this morning. How can you and I shine in darkness? Now none of us is none of us, some of us have been over that way, but none of us have lived in Sudan or Kenya. Uh, I have been to the Java, Nairobi Java house though. I still got my hat to prove it. They got coffee Rick Black couldn't even drink. Nathan couldn't even. Carrie, I don't know if Carrie might be able to. But none of us has walked around in a land where there's landmines planted like this man has. And, and, and none, of, none of us have ever been in places where there's... Uh, we, we don't dwell in a place where we have to worry about being uh, ambushed and attacked and, and mutilated or even murdered just to, to drive down the road. But yet there is darkness in Bluewell. There's darkness in Brush Fork. There's darkness in Princeton. There's doctor, there's darkness over in Graham. There's, there's doctor, uh, darkness in Bramble and Pocahontas and, and wherever you can think of, there is darkness. There is darkness all around us. So how do we shine in the darkness? The first way that we shine in the dark, darkness is by having a righteous commitment that's on the increase. If we will increase our righteous commitment, Listen, we're not made right by our works, mind you. We're, we're made right through and by the blood of Jesus Christ. But yet, there is a righteous commitment that's to be had by us. Righteousness, righteousness will lead us to do good works and good deeds. In fact, it was James, the half-brother of Jesus, that said, Faith alone without works is dead. You, you can have your faith, you can, you can, you can talk of your faith, you can speak of your faith, but if your faith is not put into action, it's of no effect. And here's the thing, when it comes to righteous commitment, it is a order of nature. Only dogs can produce dogs, cats only have cats, and people only have people, and good will only produce good. Unrighteousness cannot produce works of righteousness. It's an impossibility. But righteous works will produce righteousness. Apple tree cannot bear a pear. Talk to a, I was talking to uh, um, Ernie Ramsey down here in town the other day and he said, you know, I went and bought me a fruit tree. Went over to Royal King, bought the fruit tree. He said, I bought me the prettiest pear tree you ever see. Said, I set that thing out about three or four years ago. He said, and you know what? He said, last fall, he said, I went and picked the prettiest apples you ever seen off that pear tree. The problem was the tree was labeled wrong. 
Righteousness will bear righteousness. And if we will be committed to an increase in righteousness, then our light will shine amidst the darkness. A bad thing cannot bear good things. It's just a rule of nature. Secondly, be overcome with transformation. You might not, you might not feel this way about yourself. You may feel like that you're a wonderful person and you probably are. I mean, I, you know, my wife tells me all the time how wonderful I am. And I say, you know, I think you're right. No, I don't do that. I don't do that. But all of us think we're pretty good people, you know, for the most part. Well, I treat people right and I, I do this and I do that and I'm nice to people. I'm good to people. I'm kind to people. But here's the thing about it is, but, but God, God's not interested in how good we are. He wants to trans, Form us into His image, into His righteousness. He wants to transform us into what He desires for us to be. And you know what? Uh, if 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 I could, if I wound back the clock thirty thirty some years, and, and and my goal and my ambition was not to pastor a church, not to preach. I had no desire to do that. I was content to pick a, a, a guitar or banjo for Jesus, and I was happy with that. But but God wanted to transform me into something else. And I finally had to give into it. But but I'm not alone in that. God is wanting to transform you into something else. You can be what you want to be, but that may not be what God wants you to be. And thirdly, because I'm condensing this. I saw John held you all to 20 after last week. The third principle is, and I appreciate John covering service last week. He and Millie did a great job. The third point is, don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Jesus spoke of a lamp under a bowl. But when he spoke of that lamp under the bowl, if you go back and you read that scripture, in essence, what Jesus is saying is a lamp with a bowl over it is worthless. Now, you gotta think about the type of lamp looking down in that, looking down in that right corner. You gotta think about the type of lamp that Jesus is, or left corner. You gotta think about the type of lamp that Jesus is talking about. He's talking about a lamp that he was familiar with in his time. It was a lamp, it was an earthen vessel that was dry and barren. It had to have the oil put in it, then it had to have the flax fed into it, and then somebody, some way, somehow, somebody had to light it, okay? But he said if you put a bowl over it, then it's worthless. It could be dark, dark as a dungeon. And I tell you what, Miss Latoya, Kenya, I believe is, is, is dark, but I believe South Africa, and I can't remember that place we went to now, is it, uh, Maputo, what, right? Maputo, Mozambique is darker. And, and, but, but, it could be so dark, you can't see your hand in front of your face. You, and you could light a match and it will give light. But if you put something over top of it, the light is not seen. But here, giving consideration, we're fancy in our day and time. We, most, most, of you, most of you ladies, the, the big part of your lamp in your house is not the light bulb. You like that fancy base on the lamp, but you like that shade, don't you? 
at, at lampshade. That's the difference maker. And we'll, we'll, we'll buy these fancy lights, buy these, uh, LED fancy bulbs and put in them, and then we'll stick a shade over it. To keep down the glare. No, not really. We do that because we want it to look attractive. But, but in Jesus' time, and, and one of these earthen vessels, one of these earthen vessels that's dry until you put the oil in it, then you have to feed the wick into it, then you have to light it. If you put a bowl over it, then there's no light because it blocks out all presence of the light. But here's the other point to be made in that. It's when you put the bowl over the lamp, guess what else happens? The flame goes out. The flame goes out. And in our testimony and in our lives as as followers of Jesus Christ, He's called us to be light. He said, I would that you be salt and light. He's called us to be light in a, a world full of darkness. And whether it's in Sudan or whether it's in right here around Mercer County, Tazewell County, Bland County, you know, McDowell County, wherever you're at. No matter where it's at this world, we're called to be light where we're at. We've got to be the earthen vessel filled with oil. Allowing the wick to be inserted and lit. But then we can't put a bowl over it. We can't suppress our faith. We can't be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We can't be ashamed in a, in a, in a time in this country at least when we are politically incorrect. We can't be ashamed. For a light that is hidden is a light that is extinguished. So we have to fight back fears. And we have to fight back unbeliefs. We may even have to fight back not being as popular as we would like to be. Yeah, but pastor, I, I, I don't. I, and I... I I, I think at least I understand humility. I, I, I'm just, I'm just an humble servant of the Lord. But listen, humility can't serve as a scapegoat for not representing the kingdom of God. So we're earthen pottery, needing the oil and the wick, and upon doing so or achieving so. Then we get to illuminate the world. Crazy, 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 crazy. You say, what's crazy? This Chinese balloon. All over the news everywhere. The Chinese balloon. Then shot the Chinese. There's memes. There's, there, there, there is all, all kinds of stuff out about the Chinese balloon. And, and I quite frankly, I, you know, and I, I'm not getting, don't want to get off on a political thing here. I, I don't understand the whole big deal over the Chinese balloon anyway, because I want to tell you something. If you're sitting here this morning, as I'm sitting here, you know, I guarantee you there's probably something going to come up on my phone in about the next five minutes about the Chinese balloon. We've been doing some bathroom remodeling. The uh, uh, 
we, we've been doing some bathroom remodeling at the house and I was, I was telling Sarah, I'm not a great trim man. I can get by, but I, I wasted nearly a whole uh, eight foot piece of quarter round the other day. And I told Sarah, I said, you know what? I said, I said, I'm just not a good trim man. 15 minutes later, no joke, no joke, is it? 15 minutes later on social media, I start getting help videos popping up of how to do trim work. Okay, I ain't worried about no Chinese balloon. This right here is listening to a whole lot more than that balloon knows what's going on. Okay, we live in a world of darkness. There, there is there opposing forces. Yes, are we going to be any more popular than we are right now? Probably not. It's probably going to get worse. But we are called as earthen vessels to have the oil poured in and the wick inserted and lit and illuminated for Jesus Christ in this world that we live in. So I challenge you this morning to let your light shine brightly wherever you go. Because wherever, you know, some of you, I know some of y'all, some of y'all, not some of y'all know, some of you, yes, okay? So, so, some of y'all remember old Vestal, don't you? Some of y'all remember old Vestal Goodman? You know, her and Howard had them big chairs and they sit up front. And old Vestal used to sing a song, I should have more respect, that sister Vestal used to sing a song and have that white hanky. God walks the dark hills, the ways and byways. He walks everywhere by night and by day. We had a deacon in the church there when I was a younger, much a younger man. Notice I didn't say a young man, a younger man. And he said, I don't like that song. Why is that, Andrew? Why don't you like it? He said, because anywhere God walks, it's not dark. And when we go, we don't walk into dark. We might walk towards darkness, but when we get there, guess what? If we're full of the oil and the wick is inserted and we're illuminated for Jesus Christ, we illuminate our surroundings. We light our surroundings because God is light. So the challenge is before us. The challenge is before Man, I shouldn't have condensed that. I should have held that off where I could have done the full hour and a half version, shouldn't I? Nobody said amen. So, so if y'all want to give me some music uh, and a song, you know, I would appreciate it. So this morning, don't anybody leave because we're, I, I don't have Greg, Greg and Latoya come up here and we're going to pray over them and Ethan and Colton, uh, in just a few moments. But before you go anywhere, I just want you to bow your heads with me just a second. If you're in this room, listen, you know if your light's shining or not. Frankie. I don't get you. I'm, I'm being, I'm being spastic here. Everybody look this way. Everybody get out your cell phones. Get out your cell phones. Frankie, you got an assignment back there at the light switch. Dave, can we kill the stage lights from up there? I want everybody in this room just hold on to your cell phone where I can cut the lights out. Come all out. Okay. Not totally dark. 
Not totally dark, but relatively dark. I want you to turn on your cell phone flashlight. Y'all don't, get the, y'all don't get it from the same perspective I do. I mean, I, mean, I feel like Mick Jagger at a rock concert right now. You know? yeah. uh, but, but you know what? You know what? We're illuminating the room. And you know what? I can see you. I can see you. You know why I can see you? I can see you because your presence is illuminating illuminate by cell phone. Okay, Frankie and Dave, y'all can pull the lights back up. Don't forget to turn your cell phone flashlight off. Every one of you has a light. Another, I, you know, I'm full of them old songs. You know, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Shine all over the blue well, I'm going to let it shine. Now I have you bow your heads if you're here, and if you're not a, if you're not a believer, if you're not, never received Christ as your Lord and Savior, as much as I love you, you're not letting your light shine. You're not being the best dad you can be. You're not being the best husband you can be. You're not being the best mom you can be. You're not being the best wife you can be. You're not being the best friend you can be to somebody. Uh, whatever. Your best is only going to come forth through Jesus Christ. This morning, if you're in this room and you're not saved, I'm not going to ask you to raise a hand. I'm going to ask you in a bold, in a very, very bold statement of faith to step out and come down here. And I want to share something in the Word with you because I want you to be the best. You're a, you're a, you're a, a vessel that needs to be poured, poured full of oil and the flax, the wick needs to be put in place. If you're in this room and you're not saved or if you uncertain about your salvation I'd like for you to come back and let me pray with you anybody in this room right now okay secondly if you're in this place and you believe you're a Christian and I, I will not dispute that whatsoever you believe you're a Christian you, you're confident you have that faith but you know that your light does not shine Your light is not illuminating where you go. I just want you to raise your hand right real quick and say, pray for me, Pastor. Thank you. Any others? Thank you. I want us to stand on feet right now. And I just want us to petition of the Lord. Fill us with oil. Insert the wick, Lord, and let it be burning. Can you join me in prayer right now? Father, I come to you, Lord, as an empty vessel, Lord. An earthen vessel, a clay vessel. And Lord, I just come to you, Lord, desiring to illuminate the world for you. But God, I realize in that desire, I need the oil. I need the oil of the Spirit. I need the equipping of the Holy Ghost in my life. I, I need Him moving and operating in my life. And I find that, Lord, that you gave Him as the catalyst of the church. As Peter preached his first message. And 
thousands of people were saved. God, fill this clay vessel with oil. Lord, today I, I pray that, that Lord, that into the oil you dip your wick of love. And Lord, that, that, that wick, Lord, would be trimmed and, and I would, that wick would be burning, Lord. Lord, let the flame that you begin in my life, Lord, may it be an eternal flame. May it, may it be a flame that will burn and burn brightly in the presence of wherever and whoever I go. Lord, don't let my light be hidden under a, a bowl, under a bushel. Don't let my light, Lord, burn, burn, burn out, Lord, but Lord, make me, Lord, help me be very attentive, Lord, to keeping my lamp trimmed and and burning brightly. For Jesus, I realize, Lord, that darkness is, Lord, just like in the beginning, as darkness covered the face of the deep. Lord, you commanded for light to come forth. And Lord, you commanded us as the church to, to come forth as light and to illuminate a world that is consumed with darkness. So Lord, I, I pray, Lord, that wherever any person in this room goes in life. Wherever they go, Lord, their vessel will be maintained in such a way, Lord, that darkness will be expelled. It will be vanquished. It will go. It will leave, Lord, because greater is He that is in us than He is in the world. Lord, I pray these things in the name of Jesus.